Hey, my name's Tiff. I'm the lead vocalist in the Brisbane local band Moza, and you're listening to Just Hit Play. Welcome to episode 12 of Just Hit Play. I'm your host, Peter. With me is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I just went on a really nice camping trip uh, with some friends. Uh, just got back today, and I feel rejuvenated by being in nature. So everything is good. It's a long weekend there, isn't it? That's correct. Yep, we've got uh, we've got today off, so very nice having that break. Oh, good. Now, obviously, I do care about your life and what's happening to you, but <laughs> we have a busy podcast today, so we're going to just jump right into it, if that's cool. Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right. Cool. So the first song we're going to listen to is my song. And we're going to listen to Let's Stick Together by Brian Ferry, uh, which was released in 1976. And before we get into it, Darren just hit play. All right, Nick, I'm, I want to know what you think. Tell me tell me your thoughts. Yeah, so the instrumental of this song caught my ear immediately. I love the harmonica that he's got going on. Like, that is fantastic. Um, really think the harmonica is underutilized in modern music, so someone needs to bring that back. Um, yep. The saxophone is killer. <laughs> I'm also a sucker for a good sax solo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the singer Brian Ferry's got a great voice. Really, really suits the song, actually. Um, and yeah, it just it just sounds very suave and cool. That's, oh, that's how we would describe this song. I am so glad you said suave, and I'll get into that later. <laughs> so let me tell you about my relationship with this song. Uh, this is, an, even though it was released in 1976, this is a new song for me. I first heard this when I was driving around with Angie, and we have a rule when we drive around. if We have two cars, so if it's my car, I pick the music that we listen to. If it's her car, she picks the music that we listen to. And so this song came on. I'm like, what is this? And she goes, oh, it's Brian Ferry. I'm like, oh, I've never heard this song. And immediately I was a fan. So that's how I came across the song was was from Angie. Now, I am playing this song for you for two reasons. Okay? Okay. First reason, it's a really cool song. At least I think it's a really cool song. And you can tell me. I agree. I agree. Uh, Yeah, the harmonica is fantastic. The uh, the saxophone is fantastic. it's a really, really cool song. It's a very 70s song, obviously. The other reason I'm playing you this song is the irony of the <laughs> of the title, Let's Stick Together. <laughs> there is no bigger dirtbag or womanizer in rock and roll than Brian Ferry. Oh, no. That's so, hilarious. So the fact that he wrote the song called Let's Stick Together is just it just it makes me laugh every single time yeah and uh first i want to touch i will get to that but i, I just want to touch on how you said you you just discovered this song and uh i think that's really interesting because one of my my reactions that i had written down was that this song sounds timeless and i wouldn't yeah. be surprised to hear an artist put out something that sounded like this in 2021 so it makes sense that even though it's an older song you you just heard it recently and and loved it because i mean i feel the same way it's really well, really good this song was a, a minor hit in england but not really anywhere else like it didn't really chart anywhere else so in 1976 brian ferry um had just left the band called Roxy Music. And that's where I sort of know more about Brian Ferry's from Roxy Music. So Roxy Music was over and he released this song a year later. 
And it, I think it went to number two in the charts, but it didn't really chart anywhere else um, around the world, as far as I can tell. So it's definitely a very English English type of song. Yeah. So I I want to touch on that. And you know, a lot of the times when you uh, give me artists and I, and I read the name and I I've never heard of them, I'm I'm naturally a little bit skeptical. And Brian Ferry was one of those because I thought, who the who the hell is Brian Ferry? I've never heard of this guy. Right. Yeah. And it's just because I don't really know what to expect. Right. I have no frame of reference for what I'm about to hear, but. As soon as I pressed play on this song, I just started grooving and it just made me want to get up and, and move, which I think is a really cool factor um, for music to have. Like I would put this song on while I'm doing chores, you know, cleaning yeah. the house or doing laundry. So, I mean, it'll definitely be in my rotation for that reason. But yeah, it's always nice when when uh, you give me an artist that I have no frame of reference for, no idea yeah. what to expect, and I end up loving the song. And and this is one of those for sure. This is one of those. Like uh, I, I'm the same way with you. I, I'd never heard the song until I heard it in Angie's car. And I'm like, wow, this is a this is a cool song. And I sort of, you know, took it away from her and put it in the podcast. So I'm sort of stealing the song from her, <laughs> I guess, and making it my own. Um, she is a big Brian Ferry fan and a Roxy Music fan herself. So uh, that's uh, I now have heard a lot more Roxy music because of Angie, really. Okay, what was Roxy music? They're making kind of the same type of sounding stuff, or a little bit more rocky, maybe. Uh, as Brian Ferry got a little bit older, his stuff got a little bit quieter. It's not like this at all. Uh, okay. Roxy Roxy music is sort of similar to this. Um, they released, uh, and I'm going to get you to listen to this song in a few weeks. Uh, it's a Roxy music song. It's probably the creepiest song I've ever I've ever heard. Creepiest. Uh, yeah, it was. I I'd never heard the song. I'd, I'd heard other Roxy music music, but I had never heard the song until I watched a serial killer show on Netflix, and <laughs> and they played they played the song on the serial killer show. I was like, "What is this?" And then I did a, a sound hound, and it was like, "Oh, it's Roxy music," and and it's it's a really good song. I love the song, but it's pretty creepy. Yeah, damn. I mean, if it's being used in a serial killer show, <laughs> yeah. So when you mentioned Brian. Uh, fairy and suave you got it uh he always is dressed immaculately in he also got a gq lifetime achievement award uh which they described him as pop's original art school bobby dazzler i don't know what a bobby i don't know what a bobby dazzler is uh but uh yeah that's uh he got an award from gq for for his style which has always been immaculate he is always dressed in like a like a suit and tie well i watched the music video for this song and um yeah after seeing that i agree that he is a bobby dazzler whatever whatever the hell that is he is one (laughs) i like the little uh little pencil mustache that he has in the song oh uh, yeah that's that's killer that's a good look well the if you watch the video, so in the video, Jerry Hall, which is the blonde woman, comes out um, and sort of prances around, like around the band and around Brian Ferry. So she's actually quite famous. After she dated Brian Ferry, because they were dating at the time he recorded the song, she then started dating Mick Jagger and had a couple of kids with Mick Jagger. And then she, I think now she's married to Rupert Murdoch. Oh, the Fox uh, News guy? The Fox News guy, the prick Fox News guy. So, as oh far, so I think she's chased the money a little bit. I don't want to say... <laughs> You know, what's what's the Kanye West uh, line? Uh, I ain't saying she a gold digger. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but um, yeah, let's just leave it there. Uh, she does. <laughs> she does. She does seem to follow the money a little bit, which is really weird because she's a Texas girl and how she ended up in England. She, I guess she was a model and she must have been on the runway somewhere and met yeah. up with Brian Ferry. Uh, wow. When we when we talked about Brian Ferry being a dirtbag, uh, let yes. me just let, let me just tell you a dirtbag move that uh, that Brian Ferry has pulled. One of his last girlfriends and he's 75 years old, by the way, um, okay. so one of his last girlfriends he stole from his son oh my god so she was dating one of his sons and now then she started 
dating Brian Ferry. So, uh, yeah, just let that uh, let that uh, stick stick in there for a second. Yeah, family dinners and stuff. That, yeah. that must be. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So he is he is an interesting dude. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because you know I I didn't know that. So when I first listened to the song, I thought, wow, you know, it's so cool that he's creating a juxtaposition between this upbeat instrumental and groove, but then singing about, you know, keeping a relationship together and it's, you know, fairly deep and serious. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but now that I just think it's really ironic and funny. Yeah. That's exactly why I wanted to play it for you. A, it's, yeah. it's a really cool song. B it's really funny that he recorded this song. I think there's like a line in it was like, let's stick together for the kids. I th- like, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Uh, because he was, he wasn't sticking together with anyone. So no, absolutely not. No. So yeah. So I love that song for that reason. Later on in his career, he went really even like suave or like, um, like he released an album called Avalon, which is absolutely amazing. It's, it doesn't hit the, the high notes that this song hits, but as like a melody and, um, as a really very lovely record, uh, and his voice is amazing on it. He definitely went more low-key as he got older. As most artists tend to do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, yeah, if if you ever get a chance to listen to Avalon, great album. It, there's some really killer songs on Avalon. Yeah. Okay, cool. I will add that to my ever-expanding list of albums that I have to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> It'll, now, I'll get to it eventually. When you sort of heard the song for the first time, did it sound like anything you'd, you'd liked before? Did it remind you of anything? Um, I'm not sure. It's it's hard to say. Uh, it reminded me of, um, like, the instrumental reminded me of September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Um, just kind oh, of gave yeah. me the same, same vibes. Yeah. Um, as far as modern music... Nothing coming to to mind right away, um, but I like I said, it's it's timeless in the sense where it could definitely work if it was put out today. I'm surprised that that saxophone at the beginning has never been sampled on another song. Oh, I know that's a good call. Someone should yeah. get on that. If you're a if you're a music producer listening to this, sample sample that saxophone. It would hit because it it just drives the song. You know, like the song is at a certain level, but when the saxophone hit, it just drives it to like that next, the next echelon of, of coolness, really. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes the song. Yeah. And um, one, uh, one observation that, that this song kind of uh, led me to is that despite our differences in, in the genres we prefer, you know, I, I, you know, really like hip hop music and you lean more towards rock uh, generally. Yep. I think what we share in common is uh, a love for songs that have really strong melodic components yeah. and that really want to make you just like move and, and dance. It, it's funny. I was thinking the other day uh, after we recorded our last podcast and how cool it was that we sort of fell in love with the Beatles or at least Sgt. Pepper by listening to the same album like that, that that was really cool. How, uh, you, you probably had the same experience that I had just sitting, sitting there with headphones on and just letting the album sort of play. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice when we can, uh, we can make these full circle type connections. Yeah, No. So I, I did enjoy that. I remember thinking about it afterwards. I'm like, Oh, that's really neat. I I had no idea. That's how you came uh, to Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, should we ask uh, Darren what he thought of the song? I think we should. Yeah, I've always known this song, so it's not new to me. And yeah, I like it. All right. See, there you go. Thanks, Darren. It sounds like sounds like the two of us are late to the punch on this one. I think so. Yeah, I'll have to give uh, Angie credit for, for introducing me to this song. <laughs> okay. Yes, right. thank you, Angie. All right, Nick, you're up. All right. So this week we have a song by the British pop rock band The 1975. 
they built um, a fairly large fan base uh, by releasing albums in 2013 and 2016, which I thought, you know, they were good, but nothing too groundbreaking, nothing crazy. But that all changed for me in 2018 when they released a brief inquiry into online relationships. Um, This is a concept album. It combines so many elements um, and different genres and melds them all into uh, one really cool package. It was even compared to a millennial version of Radiohead's OK Computer for its experimental style, genre bending tendencies. And this is my favorite song from that album. Love it if we made it. So Darren, why don't you hit play? So I've always thought of this song as a time capsule of modern day. It's a song of loss and hope, you know, it paints a really bleak picture, but also establishes some hope for the future. I could spend forever unpacking the lyrics, but before we get to that, uh, what did you think of the song? It's a really odd song to me. Um, It starts off like a house on fire. It really, like, out of the gates, it, it really just, it just comes at you. And I was, and I was thinking, how are they going to maintain this? Where how are they going to build up to that crescendo at the end of the song? Usually, songs will start a little bit slower and then they build. But this, sure. this had the reverse of that. As the song went on, it actually slows down, and it does the complete reverse of of what most songs do, which I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of this song is it just kicks off with a bang. You know, it's in your face and establishes the tone of the song right away. Like you immediately know what you're in for. You know, he's got the yelling vocals, the strong instrumental, and it's just kind of like a signal like, okay, strap in. We're going for a ride with this one. See, I think this is why I like the way we do this podcast versus uh, other sort of reaction videos or other reaction podcasts. Because if I had had gone off my first reaction, this would have been a very different podcast because it's so there's so much comes at you at the beginning that it's really hard to understand what's happening. And it's only by living with a song for a week, I feel that you sort of understand it and, and you sort of really get into what the song's about. Um, so I'm really happy that we take our time to listen to songs rather than just going, Hey, what did you think you heard it once? Yeah, no, absolutely. And with a song so lyrically dense as this touching on so many themes, it's really something that you have to sit with for sure. Um, yeah. because you, you just kind of catch different pieces and all of the verses of things and, and put it together and make it click. So I, I definitely see what you're saying. When I first heard the song in, in the lyrics, I thought it was a song about, uh, his own personal relationship. And it wasn't until I listened to it a little bit more and it's like, no, he's talking about the world. Like he's talking about, I hope the world makes it and yeah. all, and you know, all the, all the messed up stuff that is going on right now. Like that's what he's writing. That's what he's singing about, which I thought was a, it was a really interesting take. Uh, a lot of songs are written more about relationships and love. And and this is a definitely a different take on, on um, I hope that we make it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never really thought about it in that lens, but I guess you could say it's almost, um, you know, a, a love song or a song about a relationship, but instead of it being with, you know, another person, it's about with society and the world in yeah. general. That's really cool. I like I like that uh, that analysis. For me, you know, growing up the way I did, music videos are always sort of like a one A, one B sort of thing. So if I like a song, I always want to see what the music video is like. 
so I always gravitate to see what the visuals are and the, and, and the visuals, I don't know if you've ever seen, I've, I guess you've seen the music video, but it definitely lends to that credo of let's hope the world makes it like, you know, all the messed up things that are happening right now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I always just think of the song as, you know, it's an anthem for the decay of modern society. Yeah. And, you know, it does that by referencing so many um, specific events, too. He talks in broad terms, but then he's also talking about beach of drowning three-year-olds, obviously referencing refugee crisis. Yeah. Talking about you know, quotes from Trump and, and kneeling on a pitch, um, being indicted, uh, you know, war being incited, all that stuff. And it, it's just really cool and I don't know. I, I think it's cool when songs talk about such topical issues in, in such specific terms. And it's a very beautiful video too. I, I really love the, uh, the silhouette of the singer just at the mic stand, just singing. Um, it's a very beautifully made video as well. I was really impressed by, I'm not sure who the director was, but I was really impressed by, by how, how beautiful the video was. Yeah, no, for sure. And the, the use of color in the video, I really like as yeah. well. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really, I really love that song. And it's funny, when I first heard it, because there was so much happening, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this song. Because, like I said, it started off so, so uh, strong that I was thinking, oh, he's, the singer's got nowhere to go. Yeah. Uh, but he, he did have somewhere to go. He slowed it down, <laughs> which really surprised me. Yeah. Well, I think what really makes this song um, special and work, at least for me, is the way it slows down um, during the bridge where yeah. he, it, the singer's voice goes really low. It fades into the background and he's just repeating, um, you know, just very simple words. And then the beat kind of slowly builds back up and you go right back into that yeah. explosion for the last verse. That's, yeah. that's what I think is the, the coolest part of this song. Yeah, no, it was it was such a good song. I'd never heard of 1975 before, so I'd never heard of any of their music. I guess we're sort of similar uh, in the Brian Ferry sort of aspect. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. And uh, it hits hard. For sure. And um, I will say, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't call myself a fan of the 1975. They have a few songs off each album that I, I do really like and have in my library. But this song in particular, I absolutely love. Like I, this is a really, really um, important song to me. I love it a lot. Um, I'm a sucker for songs with that kind of maximalist instrumentation and production. I really, really like that. So yeah, I I really like this song. Do you know where the uh, 1975 name sort of came from? I don't actually, but that's a great question. Because obviously the singer wasn't, or I say singer, let's, you know, whether it's a band or a singer, I don't know. I'm guessing they weren't born in 1975 because they'd be no. my age. So <laughs> yeah. uh, is that when their parents were born? Like, like I was, yeah, I was just wondering if, uh, if you had any idea what the, well, let's do some research and we'll come back to that to see if we can figure out that. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And um, one, one thing uh, that I'll say I really appreciate about this band um, is how they experiment with so many different sounds and genres. Like, they they're really chameleons in that sense, um, especially one of their their last albums. It's just uh, almost every song it sounds like it's from a different band or a different genre, and you could critique that by saying it's not a cohesive sound. But I think it's really cool um, how they explore just you know a very wide range of genres. Like I've heard them make pop rock songs, uh, shoegaze songs, jazz songs, um, punk songs. They're just kind of all over the map. Um, I think that's really cool. It keeps an album from getting stale. I like that too, because nothing drives me more crazy than when a band 
panders to the audience and releases the same album yeah year after year um like kiss comes to mind like you'll never get a sophisticated <laughs> kiss song um so when a band I like when bands don't release music that they think the audience will like, but they'll release music that they like. That's Absolutely. that's very important to me. I think you should be, as an artist, you should be selfish and just release music that you think you'll, you, you want to make. I completely agree. And I will respect an artist or a band more if they take a swing and a miss on a really creative album or something that pushes, you know, what they normally do. Um, rather than if they just play it safe and make the same album over and over again. I will always respect artists for, even if the album doesn't turn out that great, if they're trying something new, trying something cool, I'm all for it. All right, so Darren has come to the rescue. Apparently, 1975 refers to mental scribblings found on the back page of the book On the Road by Jack Kerouac that were dated uh, June 1st, 1975. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Darren. Now, I love On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Um, I've not read that book since my 20s. Uh, I don't know if I could read that book again. It's a very, uh, it's a book that young people should read. I, if I was to read it now, I'd be like, get your life together. What are you doing? <laughs> I've never heard of this book. Oh, On the Road? Fan- yeah, never. T- fantastic book. Okay. I'll, I'll just quickly get into it. Jack Kerouac, it was a beat writer uh, who lived in like the 50s. And he just hitchhiked from, I believe it was New York City to like Denver. And all the things that happened to him along the way. Um, oh, that sounds awesome. I love books like that. Yeah. So On the Road by Jack Kerouac. It's a classic. And as a, you know, as a, as a, a guy in your early 20s, uh, I recommend you read Jack Kerouac and Hemingway. Uh, once you leave your 20s, you'll never have to read them again. <laughs> okay. I'm already I'm already halfway through Hemingway, but I'll, oh, I'll give this what, book. What ha- I know this isn't a book about uh, a podcast about <laughs> Hemingway, but what Hemingways have you read? Um, Old Man in the Sea, Farewell yeah. to Arms, um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Ah, oh, you're warming my heart, Nick. You're warming my yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love him anyway. He's great. He's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for that, Darren. It was a uh, Darren to the rescue as always. As always. Yeah. Um. Now I just have one last question for you. So this song, obviously fairly um, socially conscious, we could say, you know, really reflects on the condition of society and culture. Do you have any songs that you think that you love that exemplify this? Or, you know, were there any bands that you like that, that kind of lean into this angle and you think do it well? There's no band that sounds like this, specifically like this, because this is a really a big wall of sound uh, that, sure. I, that comes to mind. But uh, if you look at a band like U2 in a song like Sunday Bloody Sunday, mm. that is written about a very specific moment in time. Um. Living I here, love that song. It is, yep, it's a great song. Uh, living here in Australia, we have Midnight Oil, which again have released very political songs. Uh, Beds are burning, being one uh, about oh, how yep. uh, Aboriginals were, have been treated in Australia. So there is a long history of uh, of bands like this that have socially conscious inspired music. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really cool, and it's it's obviously very risky, um, you know, getting political in any way as a, as a musician or artist, but uh, I respect it. I respect it a lot. It's so interesting. This uh, reading comments about when, when a band puts out a song or, or like, you know, someone does something political for people to be heard. It's almost like in the comment section, they have to be nastier or as, as awful as they can just to stand out above, (laughs) above the fray. Uh, They have to be like, like just more vile or more ignorant just so they just so they you know 
people look at them and, and and react to them. It's quite it's quite an interesting thing. Yeah, if you ever want to lose some faith in humanity, um, just just go on Twitter and and read replies to any type of news story. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the news story is. Just read the replies on Twitter. I I have never been on Twitter. I can't go on Twitter. I would I would put a bullet in my head. I think if I went on Twitter, it's it's one of my favorite social media apps. But yes, yeah. you're correct. I don't think I could do it. It's 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 pretty bad. Yeah. 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 No, what a song, Nick. I I really love that song. So thanks thanks for that. I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. It was yeah. I figured it would be a bit out there, you know, for the wall of sound tendencies you described, but I'm glad you yeah. stuck with it and uh ended up appreciating it because yeah. I loved it a lot. Yeah. Darren, what did you think? Yeah, it was I don't know, repetitive at the end, so I didn't like it. Okay. Thanks, Darren. Thank, thank you, Darren. Uh, our closing song today is by a band called Maza. Uh, they have an amazing song called Home. I had a chance to have a quick chat with the lead singer, Tiff. Uh, so, Darren, uh, before you play the interview, Nick, thank you so much. We had a great podcast. I, uh, I loved uh, talking to you today. Uh, get some rest. Drink some water. Yes, absolutely. Uh, from your camping trip. Darren, you're the best. Thank you very much for helping us out again. Yes. Uh, so, let's, Darren, let's, uh, let's play that interview, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hello, Tiff from Maza. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on our podcast. No, thank you so much for having us. When I saw you guys play with the Bear Beats, I loved the energy you guys had on stage. It was so much fun to watch. Mm, thank you so much. We love like hearing feedback like that, and it's just like so much fun to play. So thanks yeah. for letting us know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we like to do a deep dive with bands. So uh, mm-hmm. tell us how you came up with the name Maza. Uh, well, it's... Could be a long story, but long story short, I guess. Yeah. Um, we were like trying to find like punchy names, and you know, it's kind of hard to find like a less cringy band name, I guess. But uh, the boys and I have this idea of space and lots of things. Mozza are space themed, so we were thinking of uh, what kind of cheese would our moon be made of if we were <laughs> <great>. <laughs> following a Wallace and Gromit storyline and. We came up with mozzarella moon at first and then it just became mozza moon and then eventually we just liked calling ourselves mozza. So just mozza. That's great. Uh, and and tell us about uh, what influences your band. So tell me about some musical influences you have. Yeah, well, when I was thinking about this, I was like, um, I think one of our greatest assets as a band is that all of us have really diverse musical influences. Um, for example, like myself, I'm the vocalist for the band and my influences come from like a classically trained background in like opera and stuff. Um, but I think with my songwriting, just mainly local female artists like Asha Jeffries I'm in love with and Courtney Barnett, but the boys themselves as musicians. For example, Harry, our bassist, is into like classical bass and jazz and Pino Palladino and artists like Joe Dart mm-hmm. but Jack our rhythm guitarist is really into Corey Wong and the Falls and and then completely different sphere our lead guitarist Flynn he's really into like more contemporary R&B stuff and uh one of his main influences is Bruno Major right so i think just collectively our music comes from like a fusion of all those different backgrounds and we love it when, when i listened to the song home i thought of a band called portishead i don't know if you know portishead um no but i'll definitely yeah. be looking them up after this yeah i'll, yeah. I'll send you a, a link to uh 
to to the <laughs> song that specifically reminded me of your band. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to hear it. I'm sure the boys probably know as well, so I'll hand it over to them as well. And tell me about the song we're going to listen to. So tell me about Home. What's it about? Well, Home, I think, is one of my favorite songs we've ever written because it was the only song we sat down and started jamming and wrote the entire thing exactly how it's recorded in one go. It comes from our kind of obsession with space and space fusion music. So we work really closely with an artist called Jern. Um, I don't know if you've seen her Instagram, but go check it out. Um, and she came up with this concept that Moz is actually our astronaut that we write all our songs about. And Home is no exception. Home is our man in the moon. And it's about grass is always greener on the other side. You always want what you don't have. And basically Moza, his journey of wanting to leave Earth and getting to the moon and realizing that uh, he can't get back. So he's become our man in the moon that we make all our wishes on. And I think that's like really true to Moza as we are as like songwriters together. Um, writers, sorry. <laughs> Uh, that we really like to stick to a storyline and each of our songs are really a narrative in that sense. So Home is definitely one of those that has its special narrative. And I'd love to hear what people think when they listen to the song as well. No problem. Yeah, I love the song. Uh, Like I said, when I saw you guys live, I sort of kept tabs of you and I started following you on Instagram. Uh, so uh, oh. <laughs> you know, to us and to me and Nick, music is is everything. I can't play music. I, yeah. I can't sing, but uh, I I'm a I've I've appreciated music my whole life. So music is is life. Nice. Yeah, and I disagree. I think everyone can sing, even if it's just in your shower. <laughs> but and music is strong to everyone. I so. I always stick by the line: Can I sing? Yes. Should I sing? No. Yeah, exactly. Darren, just hit play, please. Stop. 